Welcome to Walking Together, a podcast all about encouraging each other as we follow Jesus together. I'm your host, Dennis Lavelle. Let's start walking. I tell you what, waiting is one of the hardest things we have to do, isn't it? We live in an instant society. You know, in 1963, Polaroid launched its first camera that could do near-instant pictures. Well, I say near-instant. You still had to wait a few minutes, but it was way faster than having to go to the local shop and wait a week to have your film developed. But the longer we live, the more we realize that people want what they want, and they want it now. I mean, a cup of noodles takes too long. I mean, you got to boil the water, then you got to wait for it to steep. You know, 15 seconds in the microwave to heat up a hot dog seems like an eternity when you're really hungry. And, and computer chips are continually getting faster and smaller. We have instant access on our phones and laptops. And when the Wi-Fi goes down or when the connection is slower than we're expecting, man, you keep saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And we have all these devices that save us so much time. But have you ever stopped to think, what am I actually doing with all the time that I'm saving? Am I using it to deepen my relationship with the Lord? Or do I just fritter it away on something else? Well, one of the more known parts of the Bible is when Moses is on Mount Sinai and he gets some instructions from God. And we call these the Ten Commandments, although there was much more than just the Ten Commandments. But just prior to this, God tells him to go up the mountain, just him, nobody else, and then nothing, and I mean nothing, for six days. In Exodus 24, verse 16, this is what we read. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Six days of silence. Now, God's instructions were clear. In verse 12, God says, come up to the mountain and wait there. So he goes up, and now he's waiting for the Lord to say something. And on the seventh day, God finally does say something. So the question here is, why did Moses have to wait for six days before God actually spoke to him? And the simple answer is, we have no idea. But what we do have is a couple of clues as to why the waiting was necessary. During those six days, I believe God was teaching him humility, patience, and total dependence. Moses only had one job during those six days. He was to obey and trust. But the Bible doesn't even say how long he was supposed to wait. He was just supposed to wait. That's it. And the practical lesson here is that he didn't give up in the waiting. He didn't go back down the mountain. He didn't yell at God and say, hey, where are you? I mean, I I obeyed you. I'm up here. Where are you? I've been waiting six days already. You see, he knew that if God had spoken, then he could trust him, even If it took seven days in the scope of God's timing, Moses was confident that he could still trust God. And as you read through Exodus, 
you realize that Moses struggled with patience. His anger quickly rose to the surface. He killed an Egyptian and then fled. And when he's coming down off the mountain and he sees that the people are worshiping a golden calf, what does he do? In anger, he throws down the stone tablets that God had just written his laws on. Now, of course, God rewrites the laws, but because of Moses' temper, God makes Moses chisel out the new tablets of stone for God to write on. A little later on, the people start grumbling that there's no water. And God says, go gather the people and then speak to that rock and water will just flow out of it. But he doesn't do that. He gathers the people, he loses his temper, he chews everyone out, and then he hits the rock twice instead of speaking to it. So Moses always struggled with the issue of anger, and God knew it. But yet God still chose to use someone as imperfect as Moses, and he still chooses to use imperfect people like you and me. Now Moses knew that if he was going to lead a million plus people around the desert, he was going to need to lean on someone else's wisdom other than his own. Now before he goes up the mountain, he puts Aaron and her in charge, and Moses essentially clears his plate as best he can in anticipation and preparation for this meeting with God. He doesn't want to be distracted by the problems of the people. You'll remember that he was having to act as a judge between the people when arguments and other issues arose. So he goes up the mountain and he waits. And he waits and he waits and he waits and he waits. He's prepared himself mentally. He's where he's supposed to be. But God still makes him wait. And a good question to ask in our time of waiting is this. Do I wait on God? Or am I making God wait on me? The reality is that Moses had to wait six days for God to say, all right, come into my presence. Six days, six days alone on a mountain, waiting for God to speak and to invite him to be next to him. And I know there have been many times in my life where I thought God was being silent and I thought God wasn't answering me. But the reality is that God often makes us wait. And sometimes it might be that God is preparing us for a unique one-on-one -on -one time with him. As a dad, I've had the opportunity and the privilege to take different trips with each of my sons. Drake and I went to Maastricht in the Netherlands just to spend some time together for a few days. And one of the funniest moments on the trip was when we were on the train heading back. There was a gentleman who was sitting across the aisle from us, and he was munching on a bag of jelly beans. And he gets up to use the restroom, and he leaves that bag of jelly beans on the table where he was sitting. And while he's away, the train made a very large turn, and the angle of the train changed dramatically. Everything started tipping to the left. Well, the man had not closed his bag of jelly beans, because honestly, no one was expecting this large turn, and his jelly beans just started rolling out of his bag onto the floor. And we couldn't react fast enough, and within seconds, the train floor looked like a Skittles rainbow had overtaken the compartment. 
And of course, the man comes back and he looks at the situation and he looks at us and he gives us the evil eye like, hey, why did you empty out my bag of jelly beans all over the floor? And of course, he didn't speak English or Dutch. So we did our best to communicate that it wasn't us. It was the curve that the train had just taken. I don't think he believed us, but Drake and I laughed about that for hours and hours. I've also taken several trips to Germany with our son Brady. And there's lots of good memories and funny moments there too. And I love getting away with my wife, Laura. Just the two of us. The one-on-one times with my family. Those are precious. And God was preparing Moses for some one-on-one time with him personally. So in the middle of your waiting on God, what are you doing with that time? How are you reacting to him making you wait? Are you ahead of God and waiting for him to catch up? Uh, That's never a good idea. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Stop what you're doing. Cease from whatever you're busy with and know that I am God. Give up on your futile efforts in dealing with things that he controls. Use the silence to remind yourself that he and he alone is God. Wait for him. Wait for his timing. You'll be glad you did. Well, that's it for today. Pick up the phone and call someone. Encourage them. Leverage the opportunity to be a blessing to someone who's in a time of silence. If this has been a help, pass the podcast on to a friend or share the link on your favorite social media platform. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.